Today on the Only Journal podcast, we have the creator of the first Trinidad rock webpage, Banfield.com. He was a drummer in the punk band Tripped and Falling and currently plays with the Fishbowl Effect. Spoiler alert, I am the Catalyst, witness and one of the most exciting up-and-coming bands in TNT right now, Circle Square. We welcome Mr. Dexter Banfield. Dexter, how are you going? Good, man. Good, good, good. Hey, Th- thanks. thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. Thanks a lot for coming on, you know, because I always feel that we need to have these conversations and record them because how long you play music now? About? Um, hmm, you put me on the spot now. <laughs> I know, I kind of call it, yeah, uh, but... I, um, I started playing drums probably when I was maybe in primary school or something, but it wasn't, it wasn't a, a serious thing at the time. Um, my uncle actually used to drum for Andre Tanka and... Professor Fillmore. Um, okay. And I just go by him and watch him play and try to play where he was playing. And that's kind of how it started. You just you know? fall into it from that. Yeah, I just kind of picked it up like that. He didn't give me lessons. I just kind of observed what he was doing, tried to do it, and just started playing like that. And then, you of know. Of course, you fall into it. Yeah, it, it, it evolved into something where I actually started playing drums, like, kind of all the time full time <laughs> i guess so now when i first heard about you it wasn't through a band or anything but it was through your web page right which was come to banfield and then it right. became banfield.com now those yeah. young people who are listening the banfield was probably the first i think rock social network intro or one of the first yeah because it was a standard tripod page wasn't it yeah, it started, I think, Tripod, and then I moved to, like, like host. As well. I was just trying to find um, better hosting for it. Um, until eventually, I was working with this guy, um, Christian Thomas, and he had a website. He actually paid for hosting. And um, I, <laughs> I didn't really want to pay for hosting at the time. And he offered up some of his um, his web space, so the site moved to his hosting account um he had a site called urlunknown.com which was purely a social site it was just a forum yeah um for people in Trinidad to to just chat and like that was one of it, the it, first like it, it, underground it, yeah it, online it grew scenes. into a cool, cool kind of community and a lot of people who may not have ever met you know um kind of met up on on that forum but um, he hosted my site, and then it became thebandfield.com. Before that, it was like um, com dot two slash. Yeah, that's when you got those um, those free like exactly, yeah. pages to shorten. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. nobody could have gotten a dot com back then because it was expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. but what was why why local rock? Why was that the focus? How did how did you happen to be like I'm gonna make a web page about local rock in Trinidad? Well, I guess two things happened. Um, I started building web pages to begin with. That was like form tree Fatima kind of thing. Um, a guy in school um, was working at Interserve. I wouldn't call him the cleverest guy <laughs> in school, although he's he's quite successful now. And you know, he is definitely clever. But he was not the top of the class in school. Um, and he was building web pages, and I was like, okay, I guess I could do this too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you you so got I, in with like Notepad, like coding yeah, yeah. from scratch. Yeah, it was Notepad and like home sites. Um, well, this bas- is basically, yeah, basically before drag and drop days. Yeah, exactly before um, WYSIWYG. Um, so I started building my pages. I didn't really have anything um, in mind in terms of a, a website to build. Really, I just used to like do random things. 
Um, and then I also discovered like rock music and local rock music kind of a little bit after that. And um, it was a way to kind of fuse two things I liked together. Into know? one, yeah. And um, I think too, when I discovered the local rock scene, I thought it was real cool. It was something that wasn't very known um, about. Um, I found out about it through people that I knew. And I felt like um, there were probably people out there who would be interested in this that just had no idea it existed. You know, and at, the, at, the, at that point in time, there was no Facebook, there was no social media really, you know, so it wasn't like, you know, like today, if something out of the ordinary going on, you're more likely to hear about it, a friend of a friend, or you might stumble on it or something. You might you know, get like a WhatsApp or something, on, saying on, like, on, yeah, something on Facebook, or yeah. you might get a broadcast from somebody, I don't know. But in those days, a lot of things you kind of had to know the right people to get involved in. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I felt like, hey, there's something real cool. Let me um, let me kind of expose it. And then the other thing is um, at that time, too, I had discovered a lot of foreign sites that did that same thing. Um, like they had show info when bands were playing and, and not the big, big bands I might see on TV, but like the smaller bands. Yeah, um, they had seen web pages exactly, back in the day. You know, um, like, I used to check out um, a site called Wicked Land that did pretty much what my site did. Um, the PRP, Pembroke Palace, yeah. um, In Strife. There are a few of them, you know. So that kind of inspired me to do it as well. Okay, well, that's good because I'll tell you right now, um, your webpage was like my gateway drug to lo- local rock. Right, because so when I was, because <laughs> I, I went into national school and there were like, we had musicians there, but nobody would like, the school wasn't big enough for, you know, we were kind of, like, in our own little bubble. Right. And we wouldn't really, like, venture out yeah, exactly, yeah. into, like, a local scene. But when yeah. I had my friends, they're like, hey, you know, they have a webpage with, like, local rock and things. You should check yeah. it out. And I jump on your webpage and I see you had band profiles. So, like, insert Orange Sky, yeah. Kovalais, HSV. And I went, yeah. I was a lot of shows I heard about was through your webpage. Mm-hmm. So, people don't realize, like, how nice they have it now, you know. Because... <laughs> You would have a show in Outer Limits, and if you get one picture yeah. on the webpage the next day, you're like, whiz, that yeah, you yeah, do yeah. you do real good. <laughs> because this was this yeah. was before camera phone. Yeah, yeah. And before digital cameras and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and I actually I didn't have a digital camera for most of the time I had my websites. I used to get um photos from people I knew who had, and they used to just kinda email it or um Bring it on a CD and I pick it up from them. You know, Collect floppy disks. Way back in the day. Yeah, way know, back so. in the day, right? <laughs> but when um, did you ever gain any like you know, web page traction without that page in the sense that like people would be like, "You're doing this." Do you have any statistics really from like traffic? Mm, that's a good question. Um, hard to say. At one point in time, I had a counter. Like, back in the day, that was kind of common on websites. Yeah, 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 yeah. everybody had a counter. see a counter of how many people visited. Um, and I don't know. It At some point, I kind of stopped paying attention. But in terms of, like, if you want to know how popular the site is or where did it reach, um, I could say that maybe up to last year, I met somebody who I never met in my life that I don't know, who came up to me and was like, you are Banfield, right? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you did decide, right? Yeah, it, it, and I didn't know them. Okay, so 
clearly like it, it did reach a lot of people you know um so the, and people i still don't know but this, this is a completely random question by chance mm. anybody ever misspell your name with the d in it band you just get that so All that did that happen by accident or was that like um you're just like, oh this is gonna be cool you know let me just like <laughs> put my name in it yeah well a partner of mine i was looking for a name of what to call this thing and a partner of mine was just like why did why not just call it Banfield? Use your name, just RDD, you know? And it made sense. <laughs> it made, <laughs> so, no, it stuck because for a while, like, people, like, I've seen people actually, yeah, that Dexter Banfield with, like, yeah, the yeah. D in it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's so, expected. But, you know, you know what's funny is, um, you look at in the internet now. Right. And compare it to how it was back in the day, because that webpage went live, I think it was probably peak of its popularity, it was 2000. 2001 because people used mm. to check your webpage because that summer nuts had a um local rock section right inside, yeah, yeah, inside out, out. and mm-hmm. your page was promoting it a lot because i think it was even on the invitation too right yeah i used to i mean people would put put these sites on invitation now and, think yeah. about it like this in this nowadays where you have like algorithms mm. and psychological marketing and target marketing and stuff like that if you kept that page from then Till now, right. do you ever sit down and think about with the traffic you had that you would possibly sitting on a kind of like you know data source, gold mine for ad revenue and stuff like that? Mm, in a sense, maybe. Um, but definitely, that site was um, was kind of catered to a particular market. Uh huh. Um, how big that market actually is, uh, I'm not too sure. Um, I think it, it, it definitely, you know, had some numbers, but it's definitely not all a trend of that, you know, like there are definitely people out there who band feel was that, you know, like they wouldn't know as opposed to something more like Trinity scene, which is, well, Trinity scene took out afterwards, but Trinity scene is actually around in my time eh, in Banfield time. I think my site either came out just before or just after Trinity scene. Okay. But Trinity scene was all about the party scene. And, and I was about rock. And they know? had a so, forum. Yeah, they had a forum. But I mean, I had a forum too. My site was, my site started, I think, 2000. Um, and I, I, I ended it off 2005 because that's when Krypton Poland went away and it became a little hard to manage. And I kind of felt a little differently about, about things at that point too, you know? Because I think around the early, I think that part, you see, between 2002 and 2006, Mm-hmm. Trinidad now started to blow off in like this dot com. Yeah. I think that's where that's the era of like the dot com explosion in Trinidad because that mm-hmm. was at that unique time pre Facebook. Yeah, where I think Express had a big page. Mm-hmm. The Guardian forums was big. You had things like Trini Tuna, Trini Scene. Yeah, um, and forums were the place where you go for. Oh, I think they had. A, I think live noise. Oh god, the local rock one. Island noise. Island noise. Yeah. Nico and them fellas. They also because that was the forums was where everybody used to go get the back and out. Yeah. Because this was pre Twitter. Yeah. There was local rock, I think. Um, Island Noise and Tribal Nation were the other sites that were kinda doing the same thing as Yeah, as well so as I I could understand if it was kinda saturated, because at that point it seemed like everybody and their mother had like a web page with ad revenue. Because that's when people realized like, well, we can start putting affiliate links and Yeah. Well I I don't know how much money people made. Um, in my case, like, I never, I, I didn't start this site thinking about money. And of at, course not. Nobody at, did. At no point, I actually really 
pursue that very much. I mean, what I would do is I would get into a lot of stuff free, you know. Um, so bigger shows or even smaller shows or whatever, you know. But um, I never really uh, tried very hard to monetize it, and I didn't. I personally, I mean, I guess there would have been some money there, but I still don't think that rock is that huge in Trinidad to generate loads and loads of money. To warrant that kind of big... Yeah, I don't think, I don't think, like, that side could, 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 you know, like, pay me a salary. <laughs> you know? I understand. It'd be a little supplemental, which, which could be very good. It's always good. But, but I, um, I can understand. It can't, it could, it, it could get you by, but it can't pay the bills. Yeah, yeah, I think, like, like, actually, uh, this site's, what is it? Trini, uh, Tuna. Trini Tuna, I think their forum is really a big deal, you know? Oh yeah, they've been um, big for a while. They had plenty of traffic. Yeah, but it it that site is is based around cars, um, but then the forum kind of has everything in it. So maybe if I had taken that approach and um, kind of open up the forum to to be a bit more more open and less about you know strictly about rock music and Trinidad, then maybe you would have you um, would have taken the, the popularity the right it, yeah. it, it would have it could have gotten bigger and 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 reach the 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 size market to really be profitable possibly you know because i think the trinity a big draw was classified and that was mm-hmm, you know when mm-hmm. people were selling things from the company to their home on the internet yeah is basically what because i sold stuff on banfield where before you had yeah, the forum yeah. you had the guest book yeah well i had i had guest book i had forum but i also had a section called hookups which um, people would email me an ad and I would post it there. You know, so it was not an immediate thing where you just go on the site and enter your ad. Yeah, and it was back in the time. day. Like yeah. I used to kind of verify the ads a little bit. Um, so people would email me and, and then I'd post stuff. And then people saw their guitars or they found band members. It wasn't just about selling stuff. It was hooking up. So yeah, like, I think you had things like, you know, find local band rooms. Yeah, all of that kind of stuff. Anything related to the scene, you know. Um, to help people like connect and find things they needed, that's that was the point of that section. So. Definitely a true innovation. So, did that help you get into a band, or just? Um, I wouldn't say it helped me get into a band really, but um, just met more first, people. The first band that I played on stage with, I met the guys through the website. Um, that band was Sentiments of Tishri, and um, the guitarist and vocalist actually. Um, it's a Duki. He he posted that ad um in the in the hookup section and the way he described the music they were playing and you know what they went to and stuff it it resonated with me and I reached out to him and and then we started talking on like ICQ or whatever it was at the time yeah boy <laughs> or MSN Messenger and um and he sent me something they were working on and it was right you know right along the lines of what I was really into at the time. And so um, I, I joined that band. And they used to practice in Freeport. I used to drive Friday night, Sunday afternoon to go and jam with those fellas in Freeport because it was, it was real cool. <laughs> it was exactly it was exactly the type of music I wanted to play at the point in time. And I think we all were real on the same page, not just musically, but just similar kind of personalities maybe and the vibe was there basically. yeah it was it, it, it was the right um <laughs> the right vibes the right vibes so yeah. you used to travel with your kit or they had like a band room or something like that um there was a band room with a drum kit in it so i just needed to work with some symbols kind of thing 
basically standard thing and that was like mm-hmm. your first like true band experience yeah i mean i played with people before that um the the first time i actually played music with people it was um some guys from school uh somebody brother gets out of school and was kind of jamming in the religion room and um there's a drum kit there and i just went behind the kit there was no sticks i used like a plastic bottle for, tr- for drumsticks and that's and how I you just kinda played a beat. Yeah. And it was cool. That's the first time I ever played music with some somebody else. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. This is better than just playing drums by yourself, you know. You actually, like, have an exchange going on here. And um, we kind of put together a little band to, to play for grad. But um, we didn't end up playing because the vocalist burnt his shit opposite, opposite, um, opposite the school after his last exam. And the teachers didn't like that, so we, we got banned. Um, and you couldn't play the big gig. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we didn't. We didn't play for grad, but um, but that was the first. That was the first real band experience, and from there I was like, "This is really cool, and I keep doing this, you know." And those fellas didn't want to do this anymore. Ended up finding other people to play with, and yeah, just kind of went from there, you know. And then you fell into tripped and falling around what year? Two thousand and. I like how you said I fell into tripped. You and fell falling. into tripped and falling. <laughs> Um, well, I think I used to joke around that, um, if for any reason Tripp needed a drummer, I, I, I would be willing to do it. And, um, well, that's kind of what happened. They, so you they weren't, wanted to, you weren't on their first EP? Nah, Otto is the original drummer. He, he played on the first, actually he played on all the stuff, you know, even the Victoria album. The only song I actually played drums on is um, Jumping from Moving Cars. He actually recorded the whole album. That was before I joined the band. Um, they were going to England and he couldn't make the trip. And they asked me if I could do it. And I told Barry, or I told them, if I could play the songs as fast as they need to be played, I will drum. You know, because that kind of music was kind of fast for me i was used to drumming that kind of stuff yeah it was pop punk so and it was yeah it was it was it was it was pace for me and funny enough i went to the first um first jam and played the songs way faster <laughs> than they needed to be so it's like all right cool i could do this you could do it so, you, so then you did gigs here and then you said you went on tour in england yeah well trips and fallen the plan was i mean they wanted to try and go as far as they could get so um I think the band reached a point where they played everywhere. They could play in Trinidad and they did what they could do here. And the idea was, let's see what could happen, you know? So you played how many shows with them in locally before they reached? Um, I think I was playing for maybe a month or two. Not that long. Well, maybe longer, actually. I like Maybe, like, I think we went away October. And I might have started playing either July or August or something. And this was around, what, 2005? Yeah, that was 2005. Yeah. Okay, so because I, I wonder, because I always wonder, like, how does a Trinidad band, mm-hmm. like, sit down and make that decision <laughs> to be like, let's start to tour? I mean, because I understand, because I, I played in bands in the States, and you play one city, and then it's like, when you start playing out that city, you say, all right, well, you have a little reach, let's try another college campus over here. Right. And you slowly branch out right. like that, but the to well, pick to, to up sticks and move all the way to England to say yeah. let's plan it. How did that process go? You part of that like planning process because that's what I'm really curious about. Right. Well, I kind of joined the band after a lot of that planning had started. Um. 
so I, I wasn't involved initially, but I mean, it really came down to, you know, the guys wanted to take the band to the next level and see how far they could get, maybe see if they could go all the way, and that wasn't going to happen from Trinidad, you know? Understood. Um, uncle, yeah, uncle Chad Mute always used to say, um, you know, the Jamaican bobsled team had to leave Jamaica, right? Yeah, that, I, I, <laughs> could, know, I like, could picture Chad saying that yeah, too. Yeah, you, you have to go, you have to go. Um, to the place that that you know where where you could actually yeah, yeah, do what yeah. you want to do kind of thing you know um, Trinidad doesn't have the biggest market for rock I mean we're a small island we need to remember that you know like I think sometimes people have a little bit too much um, faith um, too much expectations about what is possible here you know and I'm not saying that in a negative way at being realistic you know we're a small island we're dot right on, on on the world map and and um you know like how many million people um we could we could, we we definitely have done a lot you know um and we can do a lot we're real talented people and stuff but trinidad market is not you know huge and it's i mean we have rock that's great <laughs> to begin with we have a little bit of everything but it's not in in huge numbers, you know. Any volume. So yeah. Um, so when you reach England now, you didn't have to. You guys had a sponsor, right? They had you plan. Did you um, just say let's just fly so, to London and right. start, or so the reason why London as well is because um, at the time there was this working holiday visa um, Trinidadians could get, okay. which allowed initially I think you could actually work through two years, so you could be there. Um, living and working for two years but when we went I think it was cut down to one year okay so we were able to work for up to one year and live there for two years um, so that's kind of why England to be honest um, because of that that was a big part of it and England definitely had a, a scene happening too you know loads of bands passed through there yeah because um, it was the mid 2000s and punk was kind of Mm-hmm. It was blowing up in the sense that you had the fall off from Blink One Eighty Two, but then you had all these other yeah upshoots coming up. So I, I would say that the genre that was most popular at the time, which we kind of kind of fit into, I guess, is um is what people used to call emo, which is yeah. kind of the Taken Max Sunday, um, kind of stuff. Yeah, but that yeah. was that was big. That was even big when yeah. I was in college too around that time because it was either like you're into emo or mm-hmm. metalcore, like those were the but. Mm-hmm. emo was the mainstream yeah like yeah. kids were mm-hmm. all about it so tripped and falling i mean it was just natural graduation from yeah the blink 182 the way you're just singing of that's pop music for the radio you start to put a little more substance yeah into it mm-hmm. so all all those types of bands were real big um in, in london when we were there you know um yeah so the scene was ripe yeah it was nice yeah, yeah. so how many like how long did it take before you guys got booked for a show when you reached there? Um, hmm. I think initially, you know, we had to kind of settle ourselves. I think for a lot of us, um, that was the the first time a lot of us kind of lived away from, from Trinidad or from our homes <laughs> and from parents and that kind of stuff. Um, okay, so you guys so were... So there was definitely that settling and kind of time. And then... um. We we hooked up with a guy um to 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 manage us um because uh I mean you know not being from there and and 
in that time there was no internet to like research everything they had no social there, media you know? like facebook was still so well it's it, not not just social media but like now there's google maps so you could see everything before you go and know where everything is and know like okay we're gonna live here there's a drum shop around the corner and there's a place that and get that. Okay, yeah, that stuff was very right. All of that kind of stuff wasn't that, you know. Um, it was young, new. Accessible. Yeah. Although when we got to England, we found that, you know, the internet was a little more useful there, um, in, a, in a sense. Um, yeah. Like- in, in terms of like, I mean, you could you could go on TFL um website and 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 kind of map out your journey and and get directions and stuff like that i mean that wouldn't be that wouldn't be useful in trinidad you know because yeah. it's for, for london but when you're there um it's pretty useful and it, it it was working at that time you know it was it was useful then um but back to the original question i really kind of stole it because no, i try to kind of mentally think back of how long it really took i don't think it took that long to be honest i it's kind of hard to put a, a figure to it, but I think like, I don't know, maybe a month or something. It really didn't take that, okay. that long. So we definitely, I think we, we, we got there in October 2005. I feel we played a couple of shows that first year. I don't think, I don't think we were there and like had to wait until the next year to start playing. If I remember right, I don't know. But what was the, when you got there, because now you know you're going to a place that has a big rock scene, what was the biggest difference between playing in England versus playing in Trinidad? Hmm. Biggest difference. Um. Just, well, just something I can kind of comes to mind immediately is that, um, well, and it, it, just for me, like, I've played shows in London where, if it's five bands playing for the night, sometimes every drummer using their own drum kit. So Jesus. I am I am moving a whole drum kit when I'm done playing <laughs> or setting it up, you know. But um, that was that that happened for a few shows. But in some cases, I mean, like when we actually went on a on the road for a while, um, we were on the road with particular bands, and we kind of we reached that point where it's like let's use one drum kit. They have a backline, and 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 um and. A lot of the times we actually used my kit because um, we had a, a a van to move around in and um, I had my kit all the time and a lot of the times I was just like, yeah, you always my kit. Other bands just, you know, <laughs> use my kit. Just to make it simple. Yeah, because I, I remember I've, I played shows up there where like, you know, the headline band brings its own kit. Yeah. And then you have, then the band in front of the headline band has its own kit. Right. And then the opening two bands have this tiny space up in front because you know the the back line right, right, and the headline right, band right, right. sets up and it's covered. Yeah, then the yeah, band in front yeah, of that is covered yeah, as well. Yeah, so yeah. you have like the smallest portion, the stage in front mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to use it, and then you just have to go back yeah, yeah. as the night yeah, goes on. Yeah. So I mean, depending on the side show you play, it, it it's like that for sure. Yeah, yeah I, well, have, I have seen that. And one of the biggest shows I've played that. was like that. I tell you. Uh, two by fours i swear the stage at rock avenue was like bigger compared to what we had (laughs) (laughs) definitely with yeah yeah. i mean definitely like we played um a variety of venues in 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 london um there were some some bigger ones and definitely some real tiny places too you know like real squeeze up kind of vibes and squeeze up on stage small small bar kind of vibe you know real real variety but nothing wrong with that 
Yeah, it was cool. Nothing wrong with that. It was all it was all part of it, you know. Like any any well, most big bands or a lot of big bands, I should say, um, at some point did that, you know. Yeah, you, the you, kind of part you of the process. That small part, yeah, 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 trust process. But when you actually tour, like for example, when you so you guys are based in London, right? Did you ever take like road trips out of London to head up? How was that experience for you practically living in a van? Tell me about touring because I feel like Trinities don't really understand because <laughs> they have a lot of bands out there be like, yeah, you know, we have to go on tour. Right. Do Trini bands understand what touring is? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but but uh, I mean, you, if, you get what I say. Yeah, right? yeah. You, you yeah, 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 yeah. In, in our case, um, our manager um, bought a... Uh, uh, old Royal Mail van. Royal Mail is the, the yeah the um, mailing company mail service over there, like how we have TT Post, and um, he we we basically set it up for the road. So like we had a, a curtain across the the windscreen at the front. Um, so like at, you know like if we if we need to sleep, we could just pull the curtain and sleep. Um, we in had the a, van. Yeah, and sleep in the van. We we had a shelf um towards the back. Um, like above where we kept the equipment, and um, we had a mattress on top there, so men were sleeping on top there. Men were sleeping like, um, I think it was, I think it was the front row, so the the passenger, the driver, and then maybe two rows behind that or one row. Okay, not too sure, but um, I mean, we we slept in a van, <laughs> you know. There was no, there's no I, hotel rooms. Yeah, I mean, I think. A couple of times we met people and they were like, you okay, come sleep by us, kind of thing. Sometimes, I mean, there were, there were definitely trainees over there that we kind of met up with. And that happened, like, I think, um, where was it, boy? Um, there was there was somewhere we played and, and we met some trainees. We got to kind of sleep um, in their place. And then, but we went to, to, to Scotland once and, um, and met some people there and, they let us sleep by them. <laughs> we don't know them before that. Well, that's very good. So, yeah, so, so but, stuff like that happens. But as for the financial aspect, right behind Planet, did you leave that for the manager to do, or did the band have like a hands-on process of managing the money? I I would say that the band was 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 managed by Barry and the manager. Um, the manager wasn't somebody who just did everything at all. You know, we we were all involved in in different aspects you know so like i mean anything like website related or graphics that kind of thing i would do ryan would do some graphics we shot a music video over there ryan shot the video and edited it and stuff um so it was a kind of diy band in a lot of ways you know and like um money wise and thing yeah i mean it 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 definitely wasn't a hands-off thing where the manager was just doing everything, you know. Um, Barry, Barry, I would say is <laughs> was um, definitely like co-managing. Okay, so he was the one who was in charge of basically everything and making sure that you guys didn't get like robbed by any manager who felt like he was bigger or anything um, that from the band. Because yeah, <laughs> I think I think a lot of local bands in Trinidad because I see it in the scene all the time that. We're good musicians, but when it comes to time to like managing something properly, yeah, yeah, we we can't seem to 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 get it right, right. Yeah. Well, I I think that um generally creative minds um from from my observation and people I know um their focus 
usually isn't on things like that and like the business side and and um organizing stuff promoting stuff you know a lot of people i know who are very creative and and artistic they they don't like that side and they're not good at it you know so they tend to focus on what they like and what they're good at and the other aspects the the management aspects of it they need somebody else um to help them with it um because they don't like it and they don't do it and it it's necessary so <laughs> you, do you think you think that um bands Trinidad could benefit from having some form of management separate from the band yeah definitely i mean if if see the thing about it is um managing managing a band is not necessarily that simple it takes time it takes some effort you know so unless you find someone who really likes the band and likes doing that kind of stuff then what do you pay the person you know and and then are you making money enough money to pay a manager you know um a lot of the time what happens is somebody within the band takes that role so like i said in our case um barry was was that guy you know um but uh and in the bands i'm in now a lot a lot of them i kind of take that management rule um to make sure things happen and things get done and things get done somewhat properly um but that rule is needed whether it's somebody in the band or outside the band is up to the particular band and what maybe what they could afford and what people in the band willing to do because it is more work it is plenty more work besides besides just like being creative and playing music and writing music to organize stuff to get four or five men together in the same room for a particular time on a regular things basis that they need yeah. to have in the room on a regular basis is not that simple it is very you know? very, no i i understand it's, fully yeah sometimes it's like one man not on whatsapp say i'd text him or call <laughs> him and then or a, call him and next man don't want to answer your phone and yeah then the some people man, don't, yeah, don't, yeah. don't do well on on those things you know so you have to like reach out personally and and then like yeah, just making sure um, people kind of do what, what is necessary at different times. It's, it takes takes some effort. But do you think that um, people in bands should also pretend to be promoters as well? Or do you think we should have we should separate band people from, from promoter people? Well, the ideal situation is that the manager and the marketing, management and marketing are separate things. And this is why, like, big bands who could afford it that's the way it's done you know like there's somebody who does marketing somebody who does management somebody who does booking even as another person um that's our ideals that's the ideal situation but the reality is that you know um it's hard for somebody to give their time to do these things without being paid for it yeah um so usually different members of the band kind of chip in and do different aspects you know um some i I mean a band is a is 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 a creative thing you know so typically there's somebody in there who could do some graphics or do some video or at least have the interest you know um to do it you know um so how big do you think a band has to get before they could turn around and be like we should hire somebody to do this it depends on how, how much money you make, you know, how much money you make and, and how, how how much um somebody who's managing or, or marketing wants, you know, 
how much money they want. <laughs> because you were, <laughs> you were, I'm sure, because you have no problem in your field because you design web pages and stuff like mm-hmm. that. They always have somebody who's like, boy, we don't have to pay our artists for this. Right. Like, we just kind of, because yeah. you, you know, you know both halves because yeah. like, you could do a web page for somebody, mm-hmm. like freelance. Right. And then immediately the first thing they go be is they want to cut down your price. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. that is always like, I guess, all over the world to an extent as always. If you like, well, I could possibly do that. Why I have to spend so much to do it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, really and truly, in, 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 in my view, the, the, the way business works is you want to spend the least and make the most. Right. Of course, because so, you want to make the most profit. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's what makes you the most money. You spend the least and you, 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 you know, you sell for the most. So, um, People always want to cut out expense as much as possible. At the same time, um, any smart person would be willing to spend money where it's necessary to, to, you know, to do things well. Because they don't do things well and then you're not going to make any money anyway. Right? Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it depends. Every, everybody, thinks about things differently you know somebody somebody building a house might say um the the roof is very important you know we're gonna spend money on getting a a strong steady roof i don't know maybe this area is windy (laughs) or or they might say you know we need like a a solid gate you know this area has a lot of crimes crime so yeah so let's put our money there so i mean it depends on 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 the band and what they want to spend money on and so in in your band experience, mm-hmm. how how is because I have heard enough stories in Trinidad where anytime the topic of money comes up, people always have a tendency to like not want to talk about it. I you know I know you're laughing because you know I'm sure you have like six or seven stories you get out with this one and that well, one. Like th- how do you approach it, being because you know you say you take the management perspective of right. Um, well, nowadays, I mean, so I, I've been in bands for a while, and when I was younger, um, people didn't really have jobs at first, because we were young, Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and people who had jobs didn't make very much money initially. Um, so, in, in those days, it was kind of like, well, you had to, like, save up some money and, 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 and push it and, you know, like, fight up and, and kind of see what you come up with, I guess, um. Another thing is they play shows and they make money that way too, you know? Yeah. Um, the the first band I played out with, we actually were a little bit nerdy, I guess. We had a spreadsheet. Um, and we used to give, we actually like created this fund where all of us put a certain amount of money every week or every month or whatever it was. And after a while of doing that, we had enough money to record. That's a good you way. To, that's a very <laughs> smart way to do it. And and so we took that money and recorded. And I don't know if we made a little money on the way from any shows or whatever, but we were saving for a while towards our purpose, and we were able to um to save enough to to record something so, decent at the time. At the time, I yeah. mean. So, <laughs> but how long do you think it is that bands need to go through this process before they shell out a bunch of money in the studio? Well, again, it depends on. Uh, the type of recording you want to do, where you're going to do it, um, your budget, like how great a recording you want, you know. Um, right now, honestly, right now, anything I'm recording, I'm going like Marty to do. Yeah. For the most part, you know. The, the witness, the witness stuff got recorded. Um, the drums and the vocals got recorded by Ken. 
um yeah. song studios and then um Sterling Sterling did the um guitar and bass and then he mixed everything. Um the reason why we went that route, um Sterling for a while told us, you know, he really liked the stuff and he would have loved to to, to mix it and, and be uh, part of the process. Yeah, and be part of the process and kinda kinda produce it a little bit too. Um so we went that direction kind of because of that and um kind of wanted to work with 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 um with Shamal and Kiwan as well you know they have a pretty cool studio there yeah Ken Ken Studio is nice yeah it's it's, it's really nice um, and the room sounds great too yeah um but the reason why I'd say I I would go by Mate now is simply because overall it's a great deal you know Mate has been doing that for a long time. He has had that studio for a while, so he knows his studio. He knows his gear. Um, he knows how to get um, the sound he's after. And, and Marte then, has patience like a priest was. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, yeah. He he's he's he actually works well with a variety of people. I would say. Yeah, um, I I love working with Marte. Is one of few producers in Trinidad who are like I willingly work with because he demands his workflow if you ever sit down and watch him work while mm-hmm. while you're doing your thing it's it's spectacular and definitely value for money i that's, think yeah that's what i was gonna say as well so i mean you go there and you're not gonna bust your pockets and you're gonna get a good end product you know and it's, it's very like i mean he is he is very quick now you know he knows yeah. he knows his stuff so well that he could get a mix back to you in like a week sometimes you know like yeah, he, it, it, it depends right. obviously on how busy he is but but um he works really fast and he, he works really well and he's easy to work with so to me it's kind of a no-brainer you know i'll just i'll, I'll just go there and, and to be honest i haven't been to every studio you know um so i haven't chopped around that much um to see what else is out there but based on what i've heard in terms of like songs that that have come out and um and again you know just like just working with them is good you know it's, so it's being good. the um being the drummer you always have to track first mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so how does that do you ever feel extra pressure on your shoulders when you go into drum room before everybody else um early on like the first few times i i went to record you know it, it obviously is a new experience and and um you know you used to it and things things sound differently in different environments so like when you write a song you know, in, in your band room, it sounds one way. And then you go on stage and it sounds different. Completely different, right? yeah. Depending on, 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 on the stage you play and the, the gear and stuff. And then you go in the studio and it sounds different too, you know. And and early on when you start playing music, um, that could kind of trip you out a little bit because you'll be playing something. And, well, it, it, it doesn't sound like the way you usually play it. So that, that throws you off because it's kind of like, well, I'm not getting any sound I want. And you then, feel. And then, and then too, the other thing is like, um, you know, it might actually throw you off in what you're playing in the sense that like, you, you kind of sometimes you, you, people depend on what they hear to like trigger certain things for them. And if you're not hearing it the way you used to hearing it, you, you know, you might miss, <laughs> you know, stuff. Um, so so there's that but i mean that was early days now i go and record is i i don't i don't get nervous to play shows or record anymore the only time i get nervous is if i'm unprepared you know i went and recorded something by mate 
uh well this this same new um gsd mixtape um band. three yeah and um i i wasn't prepared enough and i kind of knew that and i went there and i wasn't really happy at all <laughs> with the way i played but um Marte is a g and you know he he sort he he quantized the shit out of that horse. <laughs> he he fixed you know, cut his hair there, whatever, and it, it I think it'll sound good in the end, you know. But that was like that was the that was the worst studio experience in a long time, and that was all me because I just wasn't prepared enough, you know. And to be honest, an interesting thing just just to slip it in here is that one, we pretty much wrote our song over WhatsApp. You know, like we met like two or three times. You know, it was all like um, a logic session that we just sent back and forward and people just kind of put ideas on and we discussed it in the group. And um, I programmed all the drums initially. So I, I, I didn't really play the song until like a week before I went until to record it, which was, I thought I was better. No? <laughs> I thought I could have pulled it off. You thought you could have pulled it off. I thought I could have pulled it off pretty easily, but... Um, Nah, it, it's a it, humbling experience when you're yeah, when you're yeah, real yeah. busy. No, I understand. It's, it's, it's good, but I I think and I was telling those guys that I liked doing it that way because it was a push. Because when I program drums, I'm not thinking about what I could play and what I can't play or what I usually play or like um, if I'm coming off like the right symbol where my hand will be and if I'll be able to get to the tom fast enough or none because, of that yeah, stuff. Because yeah, you're just doing it on a grid. Yeah, you just you just you just program it so that it sounds good. So you're not thinking about any of that. So then that pushes you when you actually go to record it to try and figure out how to make this work, you know? So it was it was pretty cool in that sense. But it also teaches you that, you know, it as I said, it humbles you into what you can and can't do. Yeah, I understand for you. And it's not, it's not any super hard song, like, you know, like it's not super tech or anything. It's just that, you know, I, I program something with a certain, you know, here in a certain way. And then when you go to actually record, like it, it um, you know, it's, it's just different, you know. Yeah, because I think I was, um, the last mixtape three I was in, we probably met a handful of times. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. because I don't know what it was this round, but. Yeah, I've had a hard time meeting up. I just think people are just naturally more busy now. Yeah, yeah. I find I find it's becoming harder and harder for everybody um, to meet up, and I think it. Um, well, I mean, to be honest, I'm getting older. Everybody is, <laughs> and yeah, we real. we have we have more responsibilities and more things come up, and maybe a little bit less energy and less drive sometimes. So, to 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 like. Go in a band room and, you know, depending on where the band room is and where you're coming from, it takes a little effort. And then you have, I mean, the, the thing about the GSD bands is obviously these are new bands. Yeah. Right. People have their, their other bands too, you know? So like. So as you put is, more bands in the pot. Yeah. This is a new thing you have to make time for, you know? So it, it, it was, it, it was kind of difficult for, um, for a lot of people. And this is why we went the route of, um, of kind of just working remotely over WhatsApp because it it made it actually happen and we we actually I think found a way to kind of gel and 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 vibes in that in that way still you it's know? definitely a different kind of workflow and I think yeah. I think that could work because um, do you do that with the other bands as well or just actually recently I have really started pushing this kind of logic recording before you go and record or even in the writing process because I find that um, it 
it speeds up the process of trying different things. Yeah. Um, you know, in the band room, like if somebody has an idea and they wanna lengthen a part or, or change a part or whatever, you have to jam through it to hear how it's gonna sound. And um and then if you now kinda put any song together, you might not have it that solid and <laughs> in, in trying to change things you're messing up along the way. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just it, it happens so much quicker if you, you record like the basic idea and logic and then you could literally drag things around and, and see um and just listen to how different parts sound shorter, longer, or you know, played a, a little bit differently or whatever. Is it makes it a lot easier to, to write and, and um oh yeah most definitely quicker, you know nowadays with like recording software because even the zoom i take i take this to the band room now yeah and anytime we're recording something instantly i have a multi-track for everybody yeah like, hey, hey, hey hey let's go for it we really live in a golden age of recording right? yeah, yeah we we have a lot of things easier now you know like technology um makes I mean, that's the kind of the point of it, you know. It 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 it's meant to make everything easier. So I I mean, I say use the technology if it um if it helps um because in the end, to me, like I mean, the Circle Square song under the mountain. If we didn't record that first on Logic when we were writing it, yeah, <laughs> I don't think we would have made the deadline, and I think it would have. It, it it was it was it was a bit tedious, right? Because so many ideas were getting thrown out along the way. Let's try this. Let's try that. Let's try this. Let's try that. Let's try this. Let's try that. And yeah, I was just going and going and going, and 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 time is going. And um, so it was kind of like you know, let's put on something somewhat solid, like the basis of the song, and then let's try things over that, you know. And it um. I think it really helped in that respect. And then the other thing is still, I mean, yeah, you could record a jam on your phone um, so you could listen back after and, and hear, you know, what you played, how it sounded and yeah. that kind of stuff. But um, Logic is even cleaner, you know, like recording recording stuff um, and, and listening back like that, you get a a even clearer idea because for some reason someday you know in 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 the band room the mix might be a little off and the bass man might be real important to a song and you're not hearing you can't, what he's you can't playing break it properly up and, yeah. especially on a phone you know and um and then the guitarist might realize hey that man playing something real cool in that part but i should feed off of that or maybe i should pull back there so you get to really hear your song very clearly and and um and and to me, right better, you know, when when you could hear things. It's a more efficient working process and standing yeah, and up I, in a room. I, I am real big on efficiency, so. I No, I totally agree because <laughs> there's numerous times you go into a band room and an hour just evaporates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 45 minutes, you realize, oh, you know, we have 10 minutes left. Yeah, yeah. But you mentioned something earlier that you, um, like the drive to be in multiple bands mm-hmm. and stuff like that can sometimes take a toll on you. Now, do you think that when people because they have these expectations to be in these bands for so long that when they do a show that the people who are there who aren't in the scene mm-hmm. that come to see the show could probably feed off some negative energy like a sometimes deter people away <laughs> or do you think that like there's some because you talk about you talk about getting burnt out and stuff like that do you think that is that a reason why we cannot attract new people into the scene uh i wouldn't say so um I 
I mean, I don't. I don't think that affects the audience at all. I. I don't think. I don't think. Um, I've never. I've never been to a show where somebody was like, "Wait, them fellas are real tired, boy." Like they, <laughs> they, yeah, they, 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 they couldn't make tonight. Maybe, maybe they, maybe they working too hard or in too many bands. I never really got that sense, you know. Um, personally, I mean, well, I'm in, a, in a, a quite a few bands, and I, I think what happens with me is I, I like to be efficient as possible, and by becoming more efficient, you free up more time. Of course. And so if you if you don't um check yourself, you know, you could end up taking on more and more stuff and event eventually becoming inefficient again. You Spreading know? yourself too thin. Yeah, you know, burning out. So so that's something that I always have to um pay attention to to not try to do too much, you know. Um Yeah, I understand for it. I mean that's why I was telling you before we started talking that some things have to take a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to take you have to take those mental breaks from like because you can't do like a show every month or a show every week because after a while you just be like, my God. Yeah. Like Well I, that that like we, <laughs> before we, we, we kinda started, you know, the conversation we were having about like going to so many shows or even playing so many shows or whatever. To me that kind of goes back to um just the the size of the market here and the size of our country and and um the fact that honestly if insert coin plays a show um this month and they play it in in port of spain and then they play the show another show next month um in south um the crowd will be a little bit different but a, a lot of the time people kind of follow bands around the country of course yeah um and I don't think people wanna um necessarily see the same thing over and over every month, every week, whatever. Um the other thing I would add to that is that um you know, when when I first got into local rock, um I was a lot younger and in those days you're looking for something to do all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have time to spend. You have time. You, you have you, time. You, you want to fill that time with fun activities. <laughs> so, so you're looking for stuff to do and, and, and also you had a lot more energy and, and you just, I, I feel like, I feel like I had more, um, to release as well at that point. Um, so you're looking for ways to spend your time to get a release and to, you know, um, to have a good time. So, but now, I mean, you know, <laughs> you gotta really have more responsibilities. I'm, I mean, I'm not married, no kids. That's not really a plan for me. But um, I'm still quite busy a lot. You know, I have things to do. So yeah, you have full time jobs. You have, actually don't have jobs. Your career. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like you have these. You have this stuff to do. You have to get yeah. that stuff done. Yeah, and just I mean, you know, you just have other things that you just need to take care of. Whether it's like your car, something around around it, and you take it by a mechanic or yeah. something in your house or just, just just you know, you have more responsibility, and and you have you have more responsibility, a bit less energy, and. I mean, yeah, you still want to do some fun stuff, but you're probably going to pick and choose more, and you might want a little more variety, too. You yeah, know? you don't just want to do the same rock show all the time. Yeah, you know. Um, but how do you think we could attract new people? Because Rock Avenue, I think, had a bunch of first-time rock people there. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it. I think Circle Square's pull is that, I don't know if it's your sound or the crowd, but Circle Square just has this unique 
like it's it's very modern, very contemporary, mm. and it seems like the fans seem to like it because I remember after we finished our set because we played before you guys. Yeah, I look around, I was like, wow, there's a lot of people I have never seen at a rock show before. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we have a lot of friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but that, but that's yeah, good. But I'm, I'm yeah, sure yeah, that yeah. I mean I'm glad because yeah. we got to play right before you guys, so these people got to see us. Yeah, well, and, I mean. The the typically like um the phases a, a band goes through to me. Um in terms of their crowd, it usually starts off with, you know, you invite your friends and you invite people that you know that might like what you do and kinda of thing. Yeah, friends and, and family then, support network. Yeah, and then and then those people come and hear you and if you were any good, um they'll probably talk about you and say, Hey, you know, next time my friend band playing you should come because they were cool. You know, or these days, some of them I go on social media and somebody who wasn't there and, and like, um, has no affiliation might hear it and be like, hey, that was cool. I want to check it out next time. And, and it, and it grew like that, you know? That's, that's usually how, how bands grow. Um, so, well, in the case of Circle Square, I think the sound of the band is a bit different to most other bands. Yeah, right it's now. great. Is, is, is something, something refreshing in that sense. Um, a lot of bands, I think that has always been the case um, where um, there's predominantly a certain genre or subgenre that's kind of popular and, and a lot of bands kind of end up in in that genre. Um, so, like for instance, on the mixtape that the Circle Square song was on, a lot of the bands kind of had certain sounds to them, I would say. And, yeah. Um, and it was he, definitely on the heavier side. Yeah. A lot of people were like, metal yeah um, exactly. progressive it was pretty like tech metal i mean it's yeah i i would say like kind of genty eh, that word you know yeah um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know what you're saying no but that was like you know people automatically assume that your rock band has to be a metal band sometimes yeah and i even tell like i struggle with this with my band too i tell people like you know we don't have to play metal all the time you know yeah yeah we can we can lighten it up a little bit it doesn't have mm. to be you know but everybody assumes yeah. in the band that well you know the, the biggest the biggest local rock crowd in Trinidad is the metal uh, I mean yeah, it, it's I, a market thing again you know because everybody yeah. wants to be heavy and loud but you don't necessarily have to be heavy and loud to put on a good show yeah I guess I don't know in, in our case uh, with Circle Square funny thing is when we were writing that song which one <laughs> Under the Mountain Under the Mountain uh, I think at some point a certain person <laughs> wasn't um, wasn't sure that the song um wanted to write in a sense because again um that was the first thing that was gonna be out in the public I guess that you know was written by by the band and and um like it would sort of represent the sound of the band, you know, being the first thing that was yeah, it's, it's the first thing that you get out there. It's yeah, a, it's so, your first taste. Yeah, so in other words, I mean, at at that time when we wrote our song, Circle Square wasn't um wasn't really a band yet in the sense of like we were put together for the project and and we we writing that song, but we didn't necessarily like think of long term and we didn't have anything else written. I mean, we never wrote a song together. Um before that so um yeah that song would have been the representative song of the band and i think 
somebody wasn't too comfortable. Well, yeah, you know, kind of felt like they wanted to actually write something heavier, I think. And um, in the end, it worked out great because we wrote what, what came out, which was fun and cool to us and unique and people liked the difference, you know? Yeah, so because it, it stood out in... Yeah, it, it, it was different. <laughs> Everything I, else was, was kind of... kind of bleed together. Even like our stuff because we had like a rap artist and stuff that we had to incorporate that. But yeah, yeah. the minute we get in the studio, the metal guys are like, yeah. we want to do metal. And I'm like, all right, yeah. that what you guys want to do, you want to do. Yeah. But the new song that you guys have coming out, I believe it's War Machine. Yeah. That's a, that's a heavier song. That <laughs> is. That that sounds like classic Alexis Machine, I find. <laughs> so because when I hear it, because that one caught up. me by surprise. I'm like, hey, that sounds like real. It's like classic Trinidad rock. Like if Trinidad rock had something to, right. to stand behind it, it right, would be right. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I, I think that the the history of Circus Square is that um, Tyrone, Mike, and I have been jamming for a long time, but it's really just jamming. Um, and it's usually acoustic. And we never tried to write anything before. And um, we learned that writing is, is different to jamming. It is <laughs> a lot harder to do. Yeah, you know, because, um, you know, when you jam, you literally, like, there's no talking. So somebody starts playing something, somebody else falls in, some, the other person falls in, and you just go with it. And it's a long conversation with instruments and yeah. there's no there's no stopping to say don't play that or maybe you should go longer or it all happens organically which is real cool i love it right but when you start writing a song then you need to kind of structure it and be like well you know what we're not playing this for ourselves alone it's not like okay you know you're jamming and you fall into the zone and you like what you're playing at that moment and you could go with that for like 10 minutes if you care if you're playing music for other people, you know, for an audience, you're not doing that. You wanna, no. you wanna, you wanna write a song in a way that's interesting as possible from start to end. So you don't wanna necessarily kill out a part just because you like playing that. You know, you wanna, you wanna have some ups and downs in the song, and you wanna take people on a little bit of a journey and that kind of thing. So, so then to do that, you need to actually kind of talk and and find some consensus as to what the song is and like. How long parts are and what is the big part of the song? Maybe that you start your direction and you, you know, yeah, you exactly. Change, you change your perspective. So it 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 it's it takes a while sometimes for everybody to kind of get in the same zone and and um and also to flesh out all the possible ideas you have, you know, because you start somewhere and then people start getting ideas. They hear something and they want to try something else, and depending on how many ideas pop up and how willing you are to try it could take a while you know um unlike some of the other bands you're in where you write a song every practice um, yeah well catalyst <laughs> i think catalyst has a real sick chemistry um out of all the bands right now i think musically our chemistry is real cool um we tend to just get together and jam and everybody's loving whatever we jam in and it's a song Somebody was in the room um, sometime um, when we were jamming. The whole band wasn't even there. I think it was just me, Blinky, Damien, and maybe Vinny. And we just jammed something, and it went for a while, maybe 15 minutes. And somebody was in the room, and he's like, wait, what's the, what's the name of that song? That's real cool. 
It's like, well, we just jammed out for the first time. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes, sometimes it when, when it just click, it just click. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that happens, that happens a lot with Catalyst. So that's a little challenge we have in that we need to kind of buckle down and finish these songs and get that out before writing more <laughs> more songs but then what about what I about suppose. like the chemistry with fishbowl how would you come because it seems to me when i see fishbowl live is like a jam right <laughs> because fishbowl itself because i love fishbowl because fishbowl has like this That's unique cool, this unique kind of vibe because i like your on on drum i think logan's great I right. know your drum because like, when i saw you guys at boardroom bits right. last year i was like right. it's like i could get into this because it was just like it was fresh right right yeah, and I, I, I really like um Dominic's leads as well. He plays some real tasteful stuff that is not super complicated, but it just sounds real. It sounds nice good, like music. the drumming yeah, and stuff too. It like know? all came together, and I was like, because you know you can you can tell the difference between like when a band has plenty ego and when right. a band has balanced ego, how nice. it works because like everybody could find their space. Yeah, yeah, which I think a lot of like younger musicians have a hard time doing. Like you can't right. seem to find your space with somebody right you figure like yeah because you know, i always tell people all the Materials, time yeah anytime i play in a band now it's something straight it's like i'm not playing no lead guitar you know <laughs> i've had enough years of playing scorching leads i done with that right i given you your space take your spaces i add drums here do this do that because i don't want to come and overpower no show because that's why i'm not here for right and i i feel like those bands you're not, I'm not the one catalyst, catalyst song i heard from mm. the GSC mixtape was real good. Yeah. And the performance was exciting too. But right. the fishbowl stuff I hear, it's like everybody just kind of clicks and know what they do it. Right. Yeah, I think we find our space pretty well. Um, that band actually started like, uh, I had met Logan's wife before she uh, was Logan's wife. Um, and I was like, does Logan still play music? Because I remember he used to jam. Um, you saw this band stone alive back in the day. And to be honest, at that point, I was like, and even still now, it's just I don't have the time to do it, but I am real open to playing music with everybody. You know? Yeah. I just like playing music. And to me, like, any new people I play music with, you kind of learn something from and you start a new conversation, you know, and you kind of learn something from it. So I was just kind of like, you know, this is Logan, still playing any music. And she's like, yeah, you know, check him sometime and we was in a party um in la vega estate and i went up to him and i was like hey you know he's still we, we're going on you still playing any music he's like yeah let me take a jam now and we jam and it was at the time it was me logan and um dominic and it just felt real good it was real easy like everybody just fall in and it, it sounded good it was fun you know it's like yeah, that we do this. The vibe, the vibe was there, and, and you won, from, you won from it. Yeah, and um, well, the nice thing too, like for me, Fishbowl is one vibe. Spoiler alert is our next vibe. You know, Catalyst is our next vibe. Circus Square is our next vibe. So I get to kind of play different styles and different vibes and with different people, and I think that's real cool too. You know, so yeah. Fishbowl for me kind of covers, um a certain vibe and style that I never really got to play before with any other any other bands I was in, you know. So it was it was nice. Um but anyway, just just quickly, like so that was the band initially. It was just the three of us and I actually did a recording of one of our songs. Um I, I, I actually recorded all the parts 
and I was gonna like it's like who um I wonder who play bass, you know, who who wanna jam this stuff and um I figured Aaron is a man who's like play with everybody. Yeah, Aaron does play with everybody. So he would know somebody, right, who who might wanna play play in this band. Not thinking that he would want to actually play himself. So I sent him his stuff well this the song. And he's like, Hey, that's cool. Um yeah, I'll come and play. <laughs> and, like, and with that, the fish roll effect was born. And yeah, the man come in and he fall in real good. And I mean, he adds a, a bit of, I would say, um, complexity and and um, a little twist in the sound of the music. Because honestly, like without him, the stuff is is pretty simple um, and straightforward. But he adds that little twist in it that is, to me, uh, not too much. Um, just just the right amount, and he kind of pushes everybody um, to do things that we wouldn't usually do. Um, I would say everybody in the band has gotten better, you know, from Aaron playing with us and just kind of being like, "Why we don't, you know, let's try this, you know, or like try a different rhythm there or whatever, you know." So it's real cool. That is very cool, and you know, I'm glad that like people should sit down and realize these things that you know you can't just. You don't, when you join a band in Trinidad, or anyway, you're not just tied to that band for life. Yeah. You could go out and experiment, and even if yeah. you're playing in a cover band or something, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. You know, everything has its place. You just have to yeah. know what you had to do, and yeah. just do it. Yeah, I, I often compare a band to a marriage, though. <laughs> Cause it a, is. In a sense, it kind of is. Um, it has its ups and downs. Yeah. And boy, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a relationship. With, with with a group of people really and um yeah you know it, it it could be it could be challenging but yeah i mean i i like i like being able to play with different um people and play different styles and and it's not just the music but you know the, the different personalities and and you learn you know just random things outside of the music from from different people you um you associate with you know like all these guys are real different and, and real interesting um in, in their own ways. And and everybody has their their um their struggles too, you know. Um and like I don't know, in 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 a in a sense, um I feel like playing music together kinda helps um people overcome um, some of their their personal struggles. Too, oh no, I understand. You know? I think it's very th- therapeutic yeah, in the sense because I, I have a high stress job. Yeah, and sometimes if I could spend an hour in the band room afterwards, yeah. I just feel you like a weight off your shoulders. Like yeah. you just leave it all there and just yeah, you know, go on with life. There's there's an interview on YouTube with Scott Johnstone, um, where he's talking about music and how he sees it and how it fits into his life and. How he kind of prioritizes his life and that kind of stuff, and um, I think he says it quite well, you know. And he, Scott, and I would always talk, and he'd be like, you know, yeah, music is my my therapy, you know. And yeah, it definitely it definitely is. It could be. I mean, I see it as that and more. Um, like I think when I was younger, it was a little bit more like that, and now it's just uh, it's kind of like a communication too, you know. You, you, you're communicating without words. You can put your stamp on whatever you want to put. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. it's, it's kind of like a conversation. And you find you find your 
your voice in it and 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 um you speak when you know and you raise your voice a little bit when you need to <laughs> you find you find you find, well, your spot, well, yeah, you find your spot in the mix yeah, yeah. if you could find the mix mm-hmm. well dexter i love having you and this is a great conversation i realize how long we talk this just like the band room the time is just evaporated yeah and if you're not careful we can sit down and have this conversation all night long yeah yeah, yeah. you know what i mean but hey you know thanks a lot for coming on and thanks for sharing your story with us and i wish you the best luck with everything that you're doing cool man you thanks know? a lot all right man take care everybody thanks i think that's me. it for this episode for now take care all right Thank you for making it this far. Really hope you learned something from this conversation and I look forward to spending time with you again. If you'd like to interact and keep up to date with our releases, you can find us on Facebook by searching for The Only General Podcast. We are also on all your favorite podcast platforms, so make sure and subscribe. <laughs>